Let's talk credit card interchange fees. We covered this a bit on the Mike Smith show last week. Well, those fees are now in effect, but by now maybe you've had some time to think about how you may or may not shop or pay any differently. But those changes came about in the first place because of a class action lawsuit. And my guest now is Luciana Brasil. She is a partner at Branch McMaster in Vancouver and worked on the lawsuit that led to the settlement. Luciana, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thanks for having me. All right. Was this change to the to the norm really needed? Now, I ask this on behalf of most listeners that wrote me in. Uh, you know, customers are feeling the squeeze more than ever. Their bosses are holding back on raises and inflation is rising. Do, do these huge corporations like TELUS really need to charge the customer the credit charge interchange fee? Well, look, the, the case was brought on behalf of all merchants across Canada. And so we're not talking only about the large merchants. We're talking also about the smaller merchants, the small grocery shops, the restaurants, and all of those that operate on an incredibly thin margin. And what was happening is that um, because of the way that the credit card uh, regime is set up by the networks, by Visa and MasterCard, uh, until now, merchants were not allowed to show to consumers what the cost of accepting credit cards is. And not all credit cards are created equal. If you look within the Visa or the MasterCard banner, there will be more basic credit cards that don't give a lot of points and rewards. And those have a much lower cost of acceptance for merchants. And then you have all the way up to the infinite and privilege and you know elite cards that carry a lot more benefits to consumers, but also carry a lot more costs to merchants. And the way the rules were set up is merchants who chose to accept a credit card had to accept all credit cards of that banner. So if they accepted Visa, they had to accept all. And if they accepted MasterCard, they had to accept all. And when the customers came to pay, they weren't allowed to differentiate between the cards and the other methods of payment in terms of the cost. So if you were to buy cash, you would have to pay uh, essentially the same that you're paying with the credit cards. And if you open your wallet and you had three different credit cards and one was a cheaper one and the other is a more expensive, the merchant couldn't say, um, you know, I will accept one, but not the other. And so what happened is the consumer who was making the choice about what method of payment I'm going to use always picked, obviously, what brought the most benefits to them, which yes, is the point sure. rewards, right? And so, so with that happening, what we saw was the reverse of a competitive um, environment where the consumer is always looking for the cheaper alternative and forcing people to compete to lower the prices. What was happening is the consumer, by choosing always the more expensive cards, were actually encouraging the launch of even more expensive cards with even more products and even more rewards. And that was costing merchants quite a lot of money. And so what this case has done and what the change, the no surcharge um, prohibition has done is it allows the merchants to say to the consumer, look, you choose how you want to pay. But if you pick this particular card, um, you will there will be a surcharge because it costs us a lot more money to accept that. So I think what it does is it's opening the eyes of the consumers. And at the end of the day, it's not about increasing the prices because the prices are not to be all increased. All that is to happen is if you choose a particular method of payment, which that merchant elects to surcharge, and there's some guidelines and hurdles for that, then there will be a corresponding payment. 
So interesting. Thank you for that that kind of uh, context there. It, it's helpful in understanding how this all happened in the first place. But it does seem to be that now the tables have turned offering consumers less options. Well, the consumers still have the option to choose to pay by debit, they choose to pay by cash, and, and even to choose to pay by credit card, because not all merchants are going to be surcharging. It's not a mandatory thing. And merchants elect whether or not to surcharge. And the idea is a lot of the merchants are wanting to see what the consumer reaction will be in order to decide what they need to do. Also having regards to their own margins and what they can and cannot do to operate. And if, if a merchant chooses, they can choose to surcharge by brand or by product type. If they they surcharge by brand, then all cards of that brand will be surcharged. But if they charge by product type, then that means that they will surcharge some Visa or MasterCard cards, but not all, right? And in that option, the consumer still has the ability to pay by credit card. It's just if they want to avoid the surcharge, they'll have to migrate to a less expensive credit card that doesn't give them the points. So the consumer will also have to choose, do I want the points or do I want the extra cash in my wallet? Okay, so merchants have the option of being selective and offering uh, various kinds of cards and being transparent to the customer about which ones the the customer would be taking the ding for and which ones uh, the merchant would be absorbing the cost for. Is that correct? Yeah, so one of the, there are a number of, of, of uh, requirements that the merchants have to satisfy in order to be able to implement the surcharge. And one of them is there has to be some clear signage at the point of sale about that. And there has to be some clear indication about the amount that is going to be surcharged and the surcharge amount. And this is very important. It's not a, a, um, a revenue producing charge. Like they cannot surcharge more than what the cost of that interchange point is. Uh, and there are limits on that. Um, so it's supposed to be a cost recovery as opposed to a revenue producing thing. That's so interesting. Okay. And is there going to be some way to, are there going to be some checks and balances to make sure that uh, merchants are not charging more than they're allowed to? Yeah. So merchants have to be working with the, uh, the payment processors. So the global and Moneris and Chase's of the world, um, part of the process leading up to surcharge is they have to have communication with those uh, payment providers. And those payment providers obviously want to make sure that Visa and MasterCard remain happy with them uh, to continue to provide the services. So you can bet that there, there's going to be quite a lot of oversight into what's going on. And, and there are some clear parameters. And we have been working with merchant organizations leading up to now to kind of educate them on what they can and can't do. And uh, there's quite a bit of information out there and resources for merchants to make sure that they do um, only what they are allowed to do. And this doesn't become uh, problematic. And I understand that other countries have a cap on the fee. I think it's uh, like 0.3% in the EU and it's 0.5% in Australia. Was there any thought given here to possibly creating a cap on that interchange fee? Oh, that's a really interesting question that you ask because obviously the, the, the surcharge ability is part of a settlement of a class action lawsuit that has been going on for or was going on for over a decade. 
And in the context of that lawsuit where we sued the banks and the networks, um, we were looking at those countries because one of the responses from them is, look, we need to charge at this amount to be able to provide all the services that we provide to consumers when we provide credit card services and to merchants. And we were like, well, but look at these other countries. You're able to provide services and you're charging a lot less, right? So if we had not settled the case and if we had continued on the litigation side of things, um, that would have been one of the things that we would have examined and said, look, uh, the amount that is charged for interchange in Canada is too high. And we can see that it's too high because of what's happening in these other countries. But of course, we settled the case and, and we never really got to examine that and ask that question at the end of the day. Um, and, and the surcharge amount is, uh, is, is, is something that has been negotiated as part of the settlement. Interesting. So interesting. Luciana, thank you so much for being with us today and explaining it all. You're welcome.